This is the Danny Britt Show, a weekly look at Benedictine Cadets football on WSEG Savannah Hilton Head. Now, here's your host, Christian Gokel. Welcome in to another edition of the Danny Britt Show. Christian Gokel, glad to have you alongside as the cadets continue their deep playoff run here in the GHSA 4A state playoffs. And guys, we are back to the semifinals again for another season here and just means more football talk uh, with coach Britt. It means more practices for the guys and it means your cadets are still there with a chance to defend their state championship in this past Friday night headed up to Stockbridge for the first road game I believe uh, three seasons in the playoffs for the cadets and took down a 10 and 2 Stockbridge team there 34 to 14 to break it down with us the head football coach for your cadets Danny Britt and coach I know it had been a while since you guys hit the road in the playoffs but not something you guys are not used to right a bunch of road games this year to some big time schools yeah definitely uh it has been a while uh, we've been very fortunate with the, the coin tosses in the past and and it's been a while since we've you know had a big time um uh, playoff game on the road but yeah we 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 practiced that. We prepared. We played some really big programs and traveled a lot further than Atlanta to do it. So, um, you know, it, it wasn't a shock to us. It was kind of a normal a normal game. And maybe more so than the shock of being on the road, uh, a bunch of guys who maybe hadn't experienced a road playoff atmosphere where uh, we talked about this last week, maybe the first round of the playoffs, everybody's kind of, eh, it's, it's the first round. But once you get to the quarterfinals, the whole school, the whole community's bought in. What was the atmosphere like, and how do you think your players handled it? Yeah, it was good. It was a good atmosphere, not great. I was a little uh, disappointed in that with, uh, with uh, you know, the Southbridge community that wasn't, I mean, we brought a really good crowd, and I, we may have had more people than they did there. I know we filled two charter buses up, and, of course, a lot of people drove, and some area BC people uh, were there. So I, I dare say we had more people than they did, but it was a good crowd and certainly a good environment on our, our part. Curious what uh, your thoughts – oh, go ahead. I thought the kids handled it well. I, I really do. I thought they were excited for it and, and, and you know handled that type of environment well. Now, Coach, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Watching the tape and just seeing how the offense played, I thought that might have been Luke's best performance yet, just in terms of maybe not passing yardage and maybe not stats, but just being in complete control of the offense and just being a weapon with both his arms and his legs. Definitely. I'm so glad you said that, Christian, uh, because you know uh, he didn't throw for a bunch of yards. We only had 58 yards passing. And, and that's a tribute to Stockbridge and their defense and their scheme. Uh, they were covering up, they were prepared, and they were putting pressure on us like crazy. And Luke either didn't have time or everybody was covered. The great thing about Luke Roman Hawk, he's 6'4", 195 pounds, and has an absolute bazooka on his arm, on his shoulder, but uh, is his mentality. And the fact that, hey, he gets sacked, you don't see him fussing at the, the lineman or yelling at you. I mean, he just gets up and plays next play. And the fact that he's so tough and so competitive, he pulls it down and runs and does what it takes to win the game. And that's all he cares about. And because of that, that everybody loves to follow him. So I, I'm really glad you noticed that, that he did a great job of leading, of, of, of managing the offense. Uh, it, it, even when it wasn't a huge night in the passing department. 
And offensively, Coach, uh, I found it interesting because I know with you guys, it's going to be very similar plays, but A.J. DePhillips, one of the things he likes to do is kind of disguise what you guys are doing with formation. So it might be the same 10 to 12 plays, but you're going to do it out of, of a multitude of formations. I've kind of enjoyed the the shotgun flex bone that you guys have gone to a little bit this year. What does that allow you to do? Yeah, it does. Well, one, I mean, he does a great job of that. He does a great job of disguising what we're doing and being able to put people in position and get them, you know, open in the passing game or get them a touch in the run game. And um, basically trying to use the formations in the run game to, you know, get, get leverage. The whole idea is getting leverage, right, and getting the angles and, you know, that's the reason the whole wing T was established however many years ago. And and uh, he does a great job with that. And, you know, it turned out it, in, in Friday night's game, you know, the, the passing game just wasn't really there, uh, whether it was because we didn't have time or, or they were doing a very good job of covering. Um, and, and so we kind of buckled down, established that run run game, and, and the guys did a great job of responding and, and giving us, you know, almost 300 yards in rushing the other night to win the game. Absolutely, Coach. And looking at, that offensive performance for you guys it was a multitude of different guys but I remember before the season started you said Bryce Baker might be our best running back and he kind of showed everybody uh, just with the injuries you guys have dealt with and him having to step in he kind of showed that hey coach Britt might have been right yeah no doubt Bryce is a very talented guy and obviously he's a, a mainstay on our defense and, and, and just very important over there uh, but we knew going into this week we were like we Bryce, you're going to have to play 100-plus snaps. And uh, I didn't count up exactly how many he played, but he played the entire night. And in, in fact, with what uh, was happening on the kickoff returns, I had to put him back out there on kickoff. So he, he, he got all reps in the second half of that as well and and just really, really came through and did a great job. And, of course, Nasir Samuel had a big night with 158 yards rushing and just really came through running tough. And, and Bryce came in and was kind of the spark plug for us as a team. And, Coach, it was an interesting night because for Stockbridge, they were able to move the ball pretty well. But a couple different times defensively, you guys buckled down at the end zone once a stop inside the five-yard line. Uh, but then you had – uh, Zaquan Bryan going full peanut Tillman uh, on a play, punching the ball out when a running back had broken one. So just a couple of chances there in the game for them to kind of flip it that turned into 14-point swings. Yeah, huge plays. Both of them on the one-yard line. And the one with Zaquan to, to, to catch the guy, and then it was the smoothest punch out I've ever seen. I mean, it was beautiful. Uh, exactly like we teach it, exactly like Coach Halston works it. Uh, but what's funny is when we're working that is when, you know, the offensive primary guys are going. and uh, So I don't even know how much Quan gets to work it because <laughs> he's on both sides of the ball. But um, uh, it was beautiful, a great job. And, of course, uh, we got the ball back there. And then later uh, they're on the one-yard line, first down on the one-yard line, by the way, and uh, go to run the quarterback sneak. Elijah Alexander runs his track exactly like he's supposed to and hit the ball as it's as he's taking it from the center and knocks the ball out and third uh, Scroggins falls on it. So two tremendous, tremendous swings right there for us. And again, a big-time victory there in the game, Coach. And looking at the defensive performance there, I know more yards uh, and potentially points. I know you get a couple stops there uh, at the one-yard line, but what were they able to do? Because just watching them, it seemed like a little bit different style of almost a trap game in the run and then obviously a quarterback that could sling it around. 
Yeah, obviously. Well, one, they're a very good football team. Both they, they had a combination of size, speed, athleticism, and coaching. They were very well coached, very well schemed against what we do. So they, they did a great job of that. I think the biggest thing, especially in the first half, that, that the reason why they were having success in the run game was because it, 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 the slowness of their counters it, and what it does, we are a very reactive football team. We, we you know, we coach it. They, they, see, they read, react, and go. And um, sometimes that'll hurt you in the counter game because we, we're move, we're out of there before they the ball gets to where it's running. And and uh, so we had to slow it down a little bit in the second half to be able to read those and, and make plays. But uh, but again, I think that was a great job of scheming by uh, Stockbridge. Now back to the semifinals for the cadets. This time the coin flip goes in Benedictine's favor, so your cadets will be back at home at Memorial Stadium for another semifinal matchup. Third year in a row, we'll get to see him there. We'll break it down with Coach Britt next, right here on the Danny Britt Show. Cadets football talk continues. The Danny Britt Show. Preparing for a semifinal matchup coming up this Friday night. This is the Danny Britt Show. Christian Gokel alongside the head football coach of your cadets, Danny Britt. Troop County coming to town. Another outstanding football team coach and a team with a lot of super juniors on it. Uh, Quay Birdsong, a four-star linebacker there for them. And then Noah Dixon, a big-time safety for them who's currently uh, committed to Clemson. You really you get to start seeing the cream of the crop in the state of Georgia the later and later we get into these playoffs. That, that's correct. And, and Christian, in the Abel's Iron On uh, scouting report, when you get to the playoffs, all teams are very good and spend a lot of time preparing. I recommend you contact Jeff and David with Abel's Iron On at Moore and & Associates and get a report on your financial preparedness. Um, yeah, the, the Troop County is a very good football team, and uh, they have some guys that are really good. And We played them two years ago in round one and barely won that game. Uh, and those were all freshmen uh, that, that were just really good football players. And, of course, their quarterback, uh, Teo, is just tremendous uh, football player. So um, we know it's going to be a major challenge, as it should be uh, when you get to the semifinals and state playoffs. Oh, for sure. And when you see a 12-1 and football team, you know uh, you're in for something good. And offensively, Coach, what do they try to bring? Uh, is it just kind of the standard spread attack, or they do something a little bit different? It definitely isn't standard. It is a spread attack, running zones and counters, uh, you know, a uh, little bit of RPO action, play action. Uh, but it, it all it runs off of one guy, and that's the quarterback, number 13. And he is the guy. He's the guy that makes it go in the passing game and the run game. Everything does is centered around him and, and what he can do. And, of course, they have guys, skilled guys, athletes, you know, all around. But he's he's the uh, cog that you you just got to you got to be aware of where he's at and what he's doing all the time. I know it's been a fluid situation for you guys, mostly due uh, to injuries with where people are at. But with a lot of your guys now, what are you working on this late in the season? Because we know in the playoffs, no practice is guaranteed uh, once you get to round one, right? So, what are you working on with those guys? Is it development or is it just trying to keep everything moving smoothly? One, and I've always believed in this, you continue to work development uh, the entire year, even state playoff week in the past. We, we've You're continuing to try to make them better each each day leading up to the next day to the next game. And so, yes, we're always doing that. Of course, 
we are scheming, and you have to scheme up. And, you know, today will be a lot of install, uh, as every Monday is. And, and then, uh, but we're, we're continuously working on the basic skills, blocking and tackling and, and uh, you know, route running and the very, very basic things that, you, that, you know, make it make a program good. Hey, Coach, one of the things I've seen continuing to develop has been special teams. And we've known uh, just with Asher Sigmund, uh, and Hudson Grove that you guys were going to be good in the kicking game. But I think specifically punting with Asher Sigmund, he's just gotten better and better as the year's gone on. And really with a defense as good as yours, having a guy that can pin a team inside the 10, inside the five-yard line, that can become as dangerous as a weapon as any other part of the team. Yeah, definitely. And you know we've worked a lot on that. And our goal every week is to average 35 yards or more in the, the punting game. And he's been doing that consistently. Uh, you know, as far as you know, pinning them back and, and, and that being a weapon, we, we've we had to change our mindset this year. Last year it was all attack, all attack, all get the offense on the field, score points. Uh, this year has been a different. You know, I've switched. I'm like, okay, instead of going for this, we're going to punt them, keep them deep, uh, hopefully, you know, get, either get a turnover or have them punt it back to us and, and gain yardage that way. And and we've been successful with it. And you know, special teams is something we put a lot of energy into. Um, actually, this year I'm, I'm the special teams coordinator. Uh, you know, my coaches when we were talking about it said, "I think they would like. I think you need to do it, coach. I think, you know, again that shows the importance of what we're doing with that. And and uh, we really put a lot of energy into it. And uh, you know, and it's it's continued to pay off this year. I've heard a lot of coaches, just because we're getting to that time of the year in college football as well, just talking about the consistency uh, of their programs. You have Michigan beating Ohio State uh, back-to-back years for the first time in God knows how long, right? But the first win at Ohio State since 2000. Uh, You have Georgia going back-to-back undefeated regular seasons, getting ready for that. A bunch of different teams around the country, coaches are pointing towards the consistency of their success. When you look back and say, man, we've made it to the semifinals three years in a row, and now you're getting a chance to take another trip to Atlanta to defend your state championship. I know you're always focused on the next game, but that that has to make you proud. In fact, that's the most the thing I'm most proud of is is the consistency, the, the continuously – uh, doing things at a high level year after year, and um, you know we take pride in that, and we feel like we, you know, that's part, that's what we do. It's 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 our program. We're going to remain consistent. We're going to do things. You know, it's just like you talk about. Oh, you know, how much time are you pouring into it now that it's you're in the, the semifinals? It's really no different than what we did week one. It's the same thing. We pour pretty much every bit of energy we can, use every hour we can, and still stay married and have families and that sort of thing. Uh, week one, and that's it. We're just constantly trying to you know, play at the highest level, coach at the highest level, practice at the highest level, and, and that leads to consistency. And now getting ready for a big-time semifinals matchup. I know uh, in the past couple of years, Coach, maybe the best crowds that we've seen for these games, I mean, it makes sense. It's as big of a football game as you can host at your home stadium. I know this year has been a little bit different, a little weird. You had to hit the road for the playoffs, but, man, I can't imagine a more important game to have a packed-out memorial. Yeah, we need everybody there, and I, I you know, we're the, we're the last man standing, the only team playing in the, the area, I think, all the way down the except for Ware County, which is two and a half hours away. So, 
uh, you know, we need everybody to come out, support, and you know, get loud. Let's just have a great environment. Uh, we're going to need it. The kids draw off of that, I can assure you, and uh, just need that to uh, to be able to win a football game. I mean, you're a coach. It's the Coach Danny Britt show. Can we do a little coaching? Because I know up in the press box calling the games, it, it, and listen, a lot of these parents, this is their first time really experiencing big-time football, so they don't know maybe the cadence of when and when you're not supposed to get loud. And it makes sense, right? It's exciting when the offense is on the field and they get loud. But just going through, Coach, when should the fans get loud and when do maybe, okay, let's let's calm down a little bit. We need to be able to hear. Yeah, well, first of all, be loud. Just be loud the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Have a blast. Be loud. Uh, when we, when you see Luke, uh, you know, get ready to go under center or, you know, gets behind the quarterback, uh, that, you know, that's the time to kind of quiet down a little bit. The rest of the time, just be as loud as you can. Certainly when their quarterback is going under uh, center or, or, or getting behind the set, you know, getting behind the center and the shotgun, you know, get get louder because uh, they're you know it may mess them up and and if we can do that, that'd be great and hopefully we have a big enough crowd that it will truly affect the game uh, this coming Friday. Yeah, no excuses. This Friday is supposed to be pretty much perfect weather wise. No holiday the day before, so should be a packed out crowd at Memorial Stadium. Again, it doesn't get any bigger in your home stadium in the state of Georgia than the semifinals because we know. Uh, as we did last year, if you win this one, it's off to Atlanta for the state championship game. Well, Coach, I appreciate it, man. I know you got to be excited. A lot of heel tapping going on as you guys are waiting to get out there to practice. So uh, just patience. It's going to get Friday's going to get here, man. I know it's hard to wait, but it's going to get here. Yeah, I hear you, man. No, we're excited. We're excited. We're excited to go to work today and get this practice in and be the best we can be today. And we'll, we'll take it one day at a time. Again, if you are listening outside of the Savannah area, because if you're in Savannah, you should be at the game. But if you're listening outside of it, you can always catch it on ESPNCoastal.com. Just click the Listen Live tab there. Well, Coach, we'll see you out there on Friday night, man. Excited for it. All right, brother. Appreciate it. Back to the Danny Britt Show. Welcome back into the Danny Britt Show. Christian Gokel, glad to have you alongside as we are preparing for a semifinal matchup against Troop County coming up this Friday night. And as we do every week, we catch up with one of your cadets. This week, we're joined by the head man himself, the quarterback for your cadets, Luke Cromanhawk. Luke, I know this past game wasn't a ton going on through the air, but still a pretty elite offensive performance for you guys. Just take us through uh, what the conversations were uh, coming to the sideline when you kind of figured out, listen, this is going to be a run-based offense tonight. Yes, sir. Um, Stockbridge did a very very good job of uh, shutting down the pass and getting a great pass rush. So uh, we decided that it would be best to go to the run, and we had a lot of dudes step up, like Bryce Baker had an unbelievable game with two rushing touchdowns, and Nasir really stepped up, and, you know, with Ack out, those dudes had to step up, and they did their job, and, uh, you know, they, they carried the load, and um, it was they had an amazing game. And you guys have had to deal with the injury bug a lot this year. You lose Lamont Mitchell on the first play of the season. You lose Ack Edwards later on uh, in the season. And you've had to deal with just a constant rotation there at that running back position. How have you guys handled that offensively? Yes, sir. Um, you know, it's tough losing a guy like Ack and Lamont, both great leaders. And um, Ack was having an amazing year this year, so that was that was a tough loss. But, um, you know, it's it's next man up here at BC. And, you know, everybody's great athletes. Everybody's in the position that they are in for a reason. So it's next man up. The coaches do a great job of preparing them for the game. And, you know, they just go out there and, and they do their thing. 
And you guys have taken a really big step forward as the year has gone on offensively. Where do you feel like the biggest step uh, has come for you guys from the beginning of the year to where you are now as an offense? Yes, sir. Well, I mean, I would in the beginning, um, I mean, first year starting. So, you know, I had to get some some kinks out and kind of just figure out figure out some things and get comfortable. And I feel it's more of just like you know, as games go on, we're getting more and more comfortable and starting to get starting to get uh, the feel for the game better. And I think that's really helped us. And just playing more games, we've kind of just all bonded together. And now we know, you know, we're all on the same page and stuff. So I, I think just experience it was a big thing for us. And what have your conversations been with? Coach Britt and, and your offensive coordinator there, A.J. DePhillips, as this year has gone? Yes, sir. You know, I mean, they've been super supportive. Um, you know, they know that they knew that, you know, coming into this year that there was going to be some times where it would be rough as a most new starting quarterback. And, um, you know, they, they expected that. So they've just been super positive And, um, you know, they've been putting me in good positions to succeed. And um, I'm super thankful for that. And Troop County coming up this Friday night, and it's a team that has uh, a couple of guys in your class there of juniors who are four stars, really solid athletes who obviously uh, have some big-time offers there. What kind of challenges do they present? Yes, sir. They're a great team, um, You know, well-disciplined, and uh, they got some great athletes with uh, with a lot of talent, um, and we're, we're just looking forward to, to going out there and, uh, and playing. And you are not unfamiliar, and a lot of these guys on your team aren't unfamiliar uh, with making it to the semifinals three years in a row since you guys were freshmen, right? Uh, have made it this far into the playoffs at least. But now for you, it goes from last year where you're playing strong safety uh, and backing up a guy like Holden Garner at quarterback to now you're the guy behind center. How, if at all, does that mindset change for you this year? Um, there's a little pressure, but um, you know, I mean, I got I got dudes surrounding me that that make me look good and and help me out. So, you know, I'm just gonna go do do what I can to put the team in the best position to win, and that's kind of my mindset is just just get the win. That's all I want. Yeah, and Troop County coming up on Friday night. Before we let you get out of here, Luke, I know uh, you still have the rest of this season to go and a whole nother season at quarterback before you have to worry about this but uh, it's got to be pretty exciting to see what Mike Norvell uh, and everybody is doing down in Tallahassee get a big win over Florida nine wins uh, this year not a lot of people expected that but this guy has to be exciting to see what he's done yes sir super exciting um I'm, I'm super pumped to be a Noel, and I love where they're going. Again, Luke Cromanhawk, kind enough to take some time with us ahead of Friday's matchup with Troop. Semifinals, so your last chance to see the cadets at home in Savannah before they potentially make that trip back up to Atlanta. Luke, we appreciate it, man. Look forward to seeing you out there on Friday night. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to Danny Britchill on 93.7 Hilton Head and Savannah AM 1400 and FM 104.3 WSEG. Tune in next week for more Benedictine Cadets football talk.